Hey, Spencer. Yes. You want to see a dead body? Which one? Your own. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of goes into this book we're going to read. A little bit. Out of the, yeah, a little mm-hmm. bit. Ash was supposed to be in this cold open with us, but the computer just shit the bed. So, got to wait on fucking update. Wonderful. Again. So, we're going to have to get a tablet, and then we can look up dirty stuff. Oh man, hot today. Hot tomorrow too. Hot yesterday. <laughs> Gonna be hot next week. Maybe less hot. Hope it's less hot. And it's weird because it's not necessarily like um, you know, because like you two, you know, with you still kind of working outside, you know, a good bit of your days, like it's not hot like the actual sun is bla- blazing on you. It's hot like you're. You're inside of an oven. It's like a wet heat. Yeah, it's, it's like a, you're a brisket. <laughs> it's like somehow the heat's coming from everywhere. It feels like the heat is almost from the inside of your body coming out <laughs> all your orifices. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. Like, it, my head actually started, like, you get a headache because your head is, like, steaming. It's just boiling your brain, and it's hot. And I don't like it. I don't like any of it, but at least we don't live in Texas. Oh, it's probably worse down there. Yeah, it's like 118 degrees. Blah, fuck that. Also, at least if it was this hot, you think it would kill the COVID, but no. Can't do that. Oh, computer's updated. Let's get to it, baby. Hey there, you are listening to the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spencer, the Poonjabi Playboy Church. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> Big Poonjab guy? Uh, yes. Hanging around the, the, the Poonjab Prefecture? I don't know. Never been to India. Uh, also joining us. <laughs> really? As you can hear giggling in the background. From Parts Unknown, Mr. Ashley Hatter. What's up, sir? What's up, dude? Ah, uh, you know, just living the dream here with our malfunctioning equipment again. Um, Sounds like a personal problem. It really is. Uh, <laughs> today's episode, we are talking about The Hike by Drew McGarry. We talked about this briefly in, what was that, the weird something or other? Like, yeah, like... Weird fiction episode? Yeah. Literally like two weeks ago with that. That uh, seems so forever ago. Well, this week was the James Joyce fart fiction, so yeah, that was probably... <laughs> Two weeks ago. Uh, I guess I should probably look up the synopsis for this, huh? Unless one of you guys want to wing it. Um, no, I think that's one uh, professionally written. I think that would probably be the best for this story. <laughs> I was going to say, Agreed. Uh, it'd be kind of hard to just break down the synopsis. I don't even know if there is an actual synopsis for this story. Let's it'd be kind of difficult, dude, I would think. Yeah. Dude walks, weird shit happens. Pretty much. Oh, yeah, here we go. There's a couple paragraphs. Funny enough, they couldn't just summarize it very quickly. (laughs) From the author of Postmortal, a fantasy saga unlike any of you've read before, weaving elements of folktale and video game into a riveting, unforgettable adventure of what a man will endure to return to his family. That, I like. Uh, In more detail, when Ben, a suburban family man, takes a business trip to rural Pennsylvania, why the fuck would you do that? Yeah. He decides (laughs) to spend the afternoon before his dinner meeting on a short hike. Once he sets out into the woods behind his hotel, he quickly comes to realize that the path he has chosen cannot be given up easily. With no choice but to move forward, Ben finds himself falling deeper and deeper into a world of man-eating giants, bizarre demons, and colossal insects. On a quest of epic life-or-death proportions, Ben finds help comes in some of the most unexpected forms, including a profane crustacean and a variety of magical objects, tools, and potions. Desperate to return to his family, Ben is determined to track down the producer, the creator of the world in which he is being held hostage, and the only one who can free him from the path. This book does actually kind of play like a video game, if that makes sense. Like, it seems like like there's a bunch of quests almost. Yeah. Weird adventures. I'm just going to go ahead and give this a nice spoiler warning. We're just going to spoil the fuck out of this book. You find that, Ashley? You just want to spoil it? Let's spoil. Let's spoil it. Let's spoil it. Um, Oh, my God. Before we start, let's give our ratings. I give this five out of five whiskey shots. It's yeah. been a while since yeah. I read something that I enjoyed this much. Totally agree. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I got, like, the ending gave me chills. I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I, I really did not expect everything to wrap up so perfectly. It was... Yeah. Yeah. It, that and was insane. Even though this book seems like it... I mean, it's kind of hard to say it'd be predictable, but, like, the actual what happens you think would be kind of predictable, like the what happens to Ben. Even even especially considering, like, sometimes they just flat out tell you. Yeah. And you're like, no. But it just, yeah, everything, like, and every chapter was a cliffhanger, and then you just get the, you just, it's it was one of the most readable books I've ever really partook in, well, because you just keep, yeah. you just want to find out what happens, you well, just keep going and going. I think that's, uh, that, I think that's something we're gonna, we should talk about separately, like the, like the story we need to talk about, but then we also need to talk about like how the way the book was set up because I think that also was a big factor in like yes. the, the readability of this book. Well, let's rewind slash style and all that. We will rewind. I'm not gonna get too in depth with all the weirdness because that'd be impossible, yeah. and I didn't write any notes for this because I'm professional. <laughs> um, so he starts off. He's just he said uh. From what you gather, not necessarily a shitty hotel, but just not a very good hotel in the rural Pennsylvania mountains. It still had keys, like an yeah, actual key. Like. physical keys. So he wants to get some exercise and go for a hike on a trail. The first clue that this book's going to go awry is that uh, the receptionist is like, we don't have a trail. Yeah. There's no hiking. He's like, well, we're in the fucking mountains. What are you talking about? So he goes out and he finds a trail immediately. And he's like, oh, see? Starts walking. Pretty normal. First chapter is pretty normal. And then you get... Uh, some like there's a lot of good detail about kind of his family and stuff i like too he didn't really pack it on like throughout the story even though his family is like his main driving point of uh what keeps him on the so-called path which we'll get to like the the details of the family and his past and his memories they're put in in such a way where it's not like info dumps or anything Uh, you just get really good aspects of it without getting bored with it because sometimes uh stories like, the author, they'll try to, you know, touch on your feelings there a little bit, but they, they throw it on too hard, and you're just like, I don't really give a shit. But this one, you actually cared about his family. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, okay. I also like that Ben, as a, a man, wasn't very manly. No. <laughs> Even though he does some very manly shit in this book, none of it is, like, manly, really, till the very end. He uh, no. is just kind of a dude that lives in, like, suburbia type of place, and he realized once he goes on this uh hike on this path did, did they ever say what he did for a living just that he was out for like a meeting did they say what he ever what he actually did i don't, I don't remember them actually stating it i got i got the idea well doesn't no. he work with like numbers and money or something he's he like was like accountant. a sales guy of some <laughs> Is sort that what it was okay yeah he like a not a salesman but something like that like he had to give numbers to some office dudes i don't remember regardless he has pretty much an office job and when he goes on this hike and on this trail like, the very first thing you get was he had kind of an athletic background, but he had, like, a bad knee, and just, like, a dude past his prime in his late 30s, yeah, like, like, 38 a, years old. Well, I think he said he'd play, like, uh, like high school ball, like, high school yeah. football, I think, you know, just, like, average, you know? Yeah, but, like, as of now, when the story takes place, he's not athletic really anymore. He's maybe in shape at best, but... He goes on this trail, and he's walking, and he's memorizing it. And also, I like that he's, like, addicted to his phone, but he's trying to stay off of it. Because that plays into the story, too, is him, like, wanting to look at his phone, but he has no service. Well, the first thing that uh, runs amok is, because uh, <laughs> he, 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 was he already kind of lost at this point? Like, he goes down, and he sees, like, a fence, and it's open, like a gate, yeah. and then there's a shed, and yeah. then he sees... Uh, yeah, here's the uh, like an engine or a motor or something like that going. So he goes to go like check it out mm-hmm. and gets like freaked out. And then, uh, yeah, we see the dog headed people. The dog faces. And you'd think at this point of the story, like, oh, these are the big bads. Yeah. These are going to be like, these guys are going to be like, you know, because you think of the hike, he's out in the forest, he's starting to get lost. He's like, oh, this is going to be almost like a. Um, like, they're hunting him or something. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Nowhere near. Well, yeah, because the way it starts, he's still by civilization. Like, when he's on this path, the one side, like, there's a split. There's a fork in the road, kind of. And uh, one side, he can see, like, a dirt road, like, a, the main road to the hotel. And then on the left side, he says he sees what he calls McMansions, like, rich people's mountain mansions yeah. or whatever. So, he's like, okay, I'm still in civilization. So, even if he was lost, he would be like, okay. But then he sees 
one of these dog faces, which he doesn't realize is wearing a dog face at first, pulling a body of a girl and her like lit feet are chopped off. Yeah, I think the feet are chopped yeah. off. And then, of course, very predictably, he uh, makes noise and then they see him. And so he starts running for his life because they have a butcher knife. And it was like one of them, one dog face. He's like, oh, fuck. So he starts running. And uh, again, not a hero. Doesn't he's like he doesn't want to save the girl who's already dead. Was it one or was it two? Well, there's two, but okay. it's, he, he saw the first oh, one. Yeah. Okay. So he's running on the trail. He's like, oh fuck, oh fuck. And then uh, he starts to get away from this guy, and then another one pops mm-hmm. out. And then this is where the football background. He remember, he's like, oh, you know, explains that he played football. So he bucks the dude over, keeps running, he's running for his life. And then that's when he gets lost on this trail. But like you said, you're like, okay, like if you didn't read about this book beforehand, you'd be like, okay, this is gonna be like these fucking weird. Guy, they're wearing Rottweiler faces. Yeah. So he's thinking, oh, all right, these guys are going to fucking chase me, hunt me. And then that's what you think the story's going to be. No. Because, like, even in the beginning, no. it's still very, like, the weird is still normal. Like, with that him yeah. finding that camp scene, you, or that campsite with the tent and stuff like that. And then it just slowly, like... When he meets the old lady yeah. is when it gets bizarre. I mean, the camp... Because yeah. he goes to the campsite... Because he has to kind of hide in the mountains until because he's worried about the dog faces and it gets dark. And then uh, it's like 30 degrees out. He's wearing shorts. He's fucking going to freeze it. He's like, oh, shit. And that's how much like he realizes, oh, I'm not really fucking manly. I'm not yeah. prepared for this. I don't know anything about wilderness, really. He stumbles upon a camp scene with a tent. There's nobody there. It starts to get weird because like he goes to sleep or something and wakes up to... What was, like, his ex-girlfriend? Or not his ex-girlfriend, the girl he liked in college. Yeah, Yeah, an ex-crush or something like that. Yeah, but she's the same age she was in college. And then what I like, too, is he he did this a couple times in the book where when these moments happen, happen, he, like, immediately starts forgetting his life. Yeah. So he's sitting there, and he's like, because he likes this girl, and he's like, oh, he kind of wants to have sex with her. Uh, then he's like, well, but I got a wife and kids. And he's like, wait, what wife and kids? I don't have a wife and kids. I'm in college. He well, looks down. He's like all he, young yeah, looking. He, he transfers to his whatever. His college age. Oh, but, but I mean, even because it, it happens multiple times mm-hmm. to whatever age he is going on during that. He he, he becomes that like that version of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. J- just to speed things up, he has sex with the lady. They wake up. Uh, she's gone. And he's like, oh, that was just all fabric, you know, of imagination. Like, that's fabrication. That didn't happen. And then he goes out and he sees the beers they drunk on her guitar. Mm-hmm. Then there's a note. Stay on the path or you'll die. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> Speed it up. He goes on the path some more. Comes up to this old lady's house. Old cottage. She's all, what, Mrs. Blackburn or? Something like that. Blackwell. Yeah. Blackwell. Maybe. Yeah, I think it's Blackwell. He has to dig up her garden for her, like pull weeds, and he has to do a bunch of work, and everything's real old timey. Yeah, because she doesn't understand. He's like, "Can I use your phone?" And she's like, "What phone?" She doesn't know anything. <laughs> cars. No, she doesn't know anything he's talking about. She warns him to stay away from the woods. They reiterate the point about staying on the path. She tells him how to get to this town. Uh, what was the name? It was like an English-sounding town. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Portshire, maybe. Sounds Portshire, about. yeah. Speed up a little more. He goes on this path, and already now you're now you're kind of into Weirdville because he. Like, he's worried about the dog faces. Still, well, it's still set where, like, there's some, like, it's a little bit magical and weird, well, but you also think, oh, it's still kind of realistic. Because at this point, the lady also gives him, like, this never, like, this uh, bag. That Bottomless all, backpack. And, like, these, um, what were they, um, seeds? The seeds. The, uh, yeah, the three seeds. seeds and just other, other random things. Yeah. Like, the seeds, she tells him if he throws on the ground at the right time, they'll. she tells him, like, one will turn into a tower. And actually, I think he... That's when it, the first act of, okay, now this is just fucking bizarre. Yeah. He's on the, the path again to this courtshire, and I guess he strays from it, right? Yeah, because I think he sees, like, a light in the sky, and he's like, oh, well, rather than going around on this path... I'll go that way. I just cut through, you know, and... Yeah, because uh, if, he, if he gets off the... Which this becomes a main point later, is you realize he can't die as long as he's on... No matter what happens, yeah. he won't die if he's on the path. But at the beginning, you don't know that. You're just like, oh, he's just like maybe still again, in the real world. Again, at or... this point, it's seeds. He like everything. Yeah. Things have just getting seeded for later on. But he goes off the path mm-hmm. like he's not supposed to because he saw that light. And he thinks, oh, civilization. Because he still thinks like, what the fuck's happening? Real world. And then the dog faces come back, and then he's like, oh, he throws one of the seat. Does he throw the seat on the ground? I think, or you, have he... to, I think yeah. you have to like slam, slam it. it into the ground. Well, a big giant tower pops up, and he goes in it, and then he ends up throwing another seat, and a wolf comes out, eats the dog faces. Or one of them. One of the do- 
They ate both of them, I think. Torn I think shred. he ate both of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they just they just keep on getting brought back. Yeah, then the wolf tries to go after yeah. him while he's in the tower. He ends up getting out of the tower. Um, gets back on the path, goes to Courtshire. It's a beach town with, like, all these nice houses. But I like it because everything's so desolate. Even when everything seems like it should be really nice, they're just, like, not even abandoned houses. Just, like, houses that were built but nobody ever lived in. It wasn't, like, anything above, like, a second floor, like, gone except that one. They were all, I think, just first floor houses except for one. He, he goes through, he tears everything up. Again, he he, ends, he goes off the path when he's... Ter- no, he doesn't go off the... I guess the path leads... Like, they explain, like, the path has lines, but sometimes they'll, it opens up so you yeah. can explore. Um, but he goes into the second house. He, he looks through everything. And then finally, which I really like how this scene is written, he goes up to the attic. And he doesn't want to, and he's very hesitant. He knows there's going to be something awful yeah. up there. And it's a giant six-foot or horse-sized cricket. Yeah, something deadly. Like. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, it's really gross, and he ends up, like, fighting it and almost kills him. And then uh, he, he punches through its eyeball or something. <laughs> and then he runs outside, and then this is where the this, crab's introduced. Probably one of my favorite parts of the of the, of the, of the whole book, the, especially now after finishing yeah, it. Yeah, the blue crustacean. You already immediately love it. Just yeah. calls him shithead, yeah. and it's really sarcastic and funny and snarky. Uh, definitely my favorite character, but then if... Just a minor spoiler for all the spoilers that are coming. If the crab's your favorite character, that means Ben's your, your favorite, favorite character because yeah. he's the fucking <laughs> crab. He, he ends up... How that was done was so cool, but that we'll get to that. So... He, uh, go, he has to go back up, scoop something out of the fuck. What was it's it? It's like a disc or something. Yeah. Because yeah. there's, there's this control panel mm-hmm. that the cricket was was guarding. Yeah, then he uses the control panel. And this scene was a little wonky to me. I didn't. I couldn't picture it quite like the size of this boat. It was like a yacht, I guess, that came out of the it, water. Yeah, that what happened? But, but it hovered. Yeah. I couldn't tell if it was like a futuristic yacht. It, it was a little, little strange. But yeah, then he... Uh, so he has to get on this thing. Because and he's, it's, a, it's a hovercraft. So. Yeah. And he's like, hey, Crab, you want to come with me? And the crab's like, why the fuck should I, shithead? Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. Do you want to or not? He's like, okay. And then, so he has this <laughs> crab companion, which is hilarious. Was there anything during the boat? Like, there's a lot of food on the boat and stuff. and uh, that The boat was just a lot of back and forth between Ben and the crab. Which was great. Which I... That's one of the things I really enjoyed in this book was, like, the dialogue and the mm. people talking. And I don't know if may- if that was maybe because, like, there was long stretches of Ben just being, like, by himself. Yeah. So, like, when you actually kind of, whenever like, whenever he met somebody, mm. you, you met somebody. Like, you know what I mean? You kind of felt the same. Right. Same and, way he did. And, again, there's memories dispersed all through this that, like, when he sleeps in this, you know, while he's on the path... He, uh, and the path isn't an actual, like, path. It's just, like, these lines that he has to be in between. So if it's on the ocean or on a boat or uh, through a mountain, whatever it is, that's the path. But he, uh, I will, like, I'm not going to get into the memories too much, but the important thing about the memories was, like, it's, it do- deals with a lot of, with his wife. And, like, the one really poignant scene that uh, he remembers is one time it's, she's, like, a nurse. Yeah. And she came home. She's mm-hmm. just bawling her eyes out. She's destroyed. And it uh, talks about how he had, he was comforting her, and obviously she didn't want. She said she couldn't talk about what happened. Yeah, it would kill her if she talked about what would happen. And then he goes in. Uh, she goes into like you know yeah. I don't remember if he asked her if he just you know thought like oh she killed somebody. It wasn't like somebody just died on her watch. Yeah. She actually killed somebody. And then they leave it at that. And then again, there's like a lot of other parts like with his kids and different stuff. Fast forward, he gets to this uh, mountain place. He, he wrecks, right? Yeah. Yeah, because he's sleeping. Because yeah. he's like, hey, crap, I'm going to take a <laughs> nap. the yacht, crap. <laughs> yeah. Keep an eye on everything. <laughs> so he, he wrecks into this like uh, big icy mountain iceberg thing or whatever. But fortunately, he finds all the... Because pro- he always... The path gives him all the equipment he needs. Just the basic equipment. Like, the path what, provides. Yeah, nothing like over the top, just whatever he needs. So he gets like snow gear and spike boots yeah, and all this shit. Because that's another good thing. Like another nice thing was like with it being kind of a fantasy thing. Like anytime something bad happened and he would have like the thing for it. Like with that going on, if you're not careful, that can get kind of old and boring quickly. Yeah. Or just like, oh, come on again. But there was none of that in this. Like, he, it all worked out and didn't seem, like, forced or, or weird. Every chapter 
was pretty riveting. Yeah. Like, I was engaged, because a lot of books I read, there's some chapters you kind of zone out of. This one, I was engaged in every chapter. I was like, oh, fuck. And, you, you really want to know where this story's going all throughout. And everything had a purpose. Yeah, that's what I like, too, because there's so much that seems like it's just nonsense. Yeah. It's like, and I, I read some reviews after I got done with it, and the people that didn't like it, I was like, oh, this is just nonsense. It was like, just your typical finding your family story with the beginning and end, but everything in the middle is like a kindergartner wrote just, you know, they're telling you a story and it's all nonsense. It's like, did you read the book? Because almost everything in the book had a purpose. Yeah. Like every, all the nonsense he was going through, it was, it was like an RPG. Like it was yeah. obstacles you had to go through to continue your journey. Anyway, back to the mountain. Oh, we lose Ash again. That's the call. Oh, fucking hey. Apparently, Ash went off the path. He's gone. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Cut out, and I just—it's not my computer this time. Um, where did we leave off? He was just getting to the island. Yes. The mountain. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. And that was a cool scene too, because the crab goes up ahead, mm. and he's just like, "You're gonna want to close your eyes walking through this," and just kind of like. He has spike boots on and he's walking and he just feels like squishing like he's into he's just pretending I'm in mud I'm in deep mud it wasn't mud as you find out later it was body parts and heads and uh, gross shit like that then he gets to the mountain where he runs into a giant lady after climbing a whole mountain that was like at a like a ridiculous angle if I remember correctly yeah and having his balls busted by a crab the whole time (laughs) as it's easily just walking up it. Yeah, so he uh, gets caught up by this lady who eats humans, makes stew out of them. What was her name? Uh, Formosa. Yes. Or Formona. From Formona. Formona. Long story short, he gets captured by her, and then a couple a week I think goes by, and he's a, naked. A couple, couple weeks. Couple it was a, it was a long time. Whatever it was, he was there for a while. He gets all gets all shitty looking and stuff. She uh, strips him naked and stuff and puts him in a cave dungeon and there's other people in this place that are like mentally crazy but she offers him a you know a challenge uh say hey you could be my champion if you fight one guy or five uh little people yeah he picks the one guy because he figures that'd be easier uh turns out to be one of the dog faces he has a cage match with the dog faces to the death uh this is where his manliness comes into effect again where he's like, Oh, I don't know if I'm manly enough for him and then it goes into like there's a scene when he got punched in the face by a guy at the airport and all this shit. He uh And then uh things um that his wife they they cut back to uh his wife training him on basic you know, like fighting yeah. moves and just you know, like yeah, you know, how, to start- gra- how to grab somebody if they get close to you, you know, to kind of just you know, separate. yeah. Some years back, she took up like jujitsu and stuff like that. She uh, got a lot of different interests all of a sudden, it seems. He, uh, anyway, Ben has to fight this guy and he manages to best him. He kills the dog face, and like, oh, and then she comes back and was like, okay, and now you have to fight the five little people. Yeah. Like, what? And they just jump him. He's getting beat up by these little people, and then the crab saves him by, uh, get him a gun, right? Finds a well, gun. Well, I the... think gives him one of the seeds, has a seed. And, like, when he, isn't it when he slams the seed down, that's how he gets the gun? Or is that later? I think, I think the gun came from that pile. Maybe. But the, the crab, because he used the crab to get him a bunch of stuff while he was in jail. Regardless, he does get a gun, and then he points it at her, and then she ends up stripping him naked and puts him in the dungeon again. How does he get out of that? How's he get out of that dungeon? Um, doesn't he just kind of like he doesn't just climb out, does he? No. Maybe that's when the seed comes into play. Or does she bring him back for like another match? I do not remember. Whatever it is, he ends up uh, getting out. He maybe makes her a deal. I don't remember. I forget that scene. Cause the. Him and the crab try to make a run for it, and that's when they that's when she catches him, and then takes all of his clothes and yeah. stuff, and then yeah, he gets up. He was in there for a while. It was a pretty long scene, like a couple chapters of him in this fucking mountain prison. Uh, you'll find that time is not a factor in uh, while he's on the path. Yeah, it just no matter what, he's just there. Um, anyway, so he yeah he ends up uh, he does get away from the giant lady though. And he gets back on the path, and he's on a plane, well, but he's told, like, he knows he's going to have to come back yeah. to her at some point. Well, then there's also a cool scene where he, um, 
shoots himself with like this this tranquilizer. That's what thing. it is. The seed gives him like a dart that he shoots in his leg and it makes him a giant. Is that how he gets yeah, out? Yeah. Is he, that how he gets out? Or I thought that happened whenever because she had a gun pointing at her because when they were trying to leave and I thought that's when he made himself big. But because then when he's big, then he he makes her release all the other prisoners and lets him take whatever he wants out of her little, like, gold stash of things that Mm. she has and and all that stuff. And then by the time he starts to leave is when he starts to come back to a normal size. It was the second time he saw her that he turns into the giant, right? No. because first time. Yeah, because the second time she pops out of a seed. Uh... Fuck, I wish I could remember I got out the first time. Let's see if it's in the old book here. Um, so Ben gets out of the uh, mountainous cave with the crab. And they go on a great plane. A big plane with the path. And there's horses, wild horses running. And all this stuff. And that's pretty uneventful. Just some jabber john and all that. But then they come upon a house. Mm. And there's a little boy there named Rough. Peter, which is his son. And it's on the other, the boy's on the other side of a fence, and there's a big emotional moment. Ben wants to hug the boy, and he's trying to climb the fence. But if he gets off the path, yeah, he's gonna die because the path, the outside of the path, tries to kill you. Yeah, it tries to pull him away from the path. It's like, come here, it tricks you, it uh, plays with your mind. But he doesn't fall for it. He ends up going on the path some more, and he goes. And there's a castle in the distance, and there's a tent, and he stays in the tent. But there's a part, yeah, the part with the crab. Him and the crab have to a, part ways. Because there's a fork in the path. Yeah, on the left side, the left path is an invisible barrier that he cannot go through. And there's a moment where... Because by this point, you really love the crab. You're yeah, like, the oh, crab the, is the best part of the story. Yeah, it's like his best buddy. You're like, oh, I love this I mean, fucking he's, crab. He's on the cover. Yeah. And then the crab's like, hey, man, this is where we part ways. Like, what? And he's like, I gotta go left. You gotta go right. And it's very emotional. Crab leaves and just walks right through the visible barrier and goes on his way. Ben has to go right. Um, ben eventually comes to a tent. What do we want to... There was... Uh, I know we kind of brought it up earlier, but uh, the, before the crab went on his way, they had a talk, and that's when the crab... Oh, yeah. That was the big reveal, wasn't it? Yeah, that's when the crab Stupid reveals me. to Ben that he's Ben. The crab reveals that everything they just went through, Ben is going to have to go through again. Yeah. Because the crab is Ben. Yeah. The crab, the reason why, like, all the moves that the crab which, made and all the things he which, said, he are he knew it because he already been which through this. again, plays back to a couple of scenes earlier whenever, like, Ben wants to give the crab a name, and he's like, no. Yeah. Like, no, shithead, no. no. I'm just crab. Yeah, so he uh, finds out that that's what's going to happen to him, is he's going to turn to a blue crab, and then he's going to have to get and he, himself. And he drops... This bombshell that it's at least going to be 10 years. Yeah. At the very least. At least 10 years. Because th- this also explains a lot because in there was a scene when they were still in the, the mountain prison that the crab's like, hey, if I help you, you have to promise me you keep going. And Ben's like, why do you care? And he's just just promise. And he's like, okay. And then so whenever he reveals that they're the same person, yeah. essentially, you know, that that it kind of makes a little bit more sense now. Yeah, but it makes you uh, see it as, like, you know, is it endless loop? Yeah. Loop that he has to go through, and then... Well, the blue crab, I guess, was the first iteration of Ben, because the crabs yeah. never made it to the left Yeah. yet. So this was his first go-around, I guess. And then he tells Ben, you're going to become the crab, and you're going to have to lead yourself through all this, yeah. and go through all this bullshit from the crab's point of view we'll get to that but that's cool too so anyway they split he goes he goes to this tent the inside of the tent is inside is cool it's like a giant library i wish i had this tent yeah with all the books in the world and he does a lot of reading learns which he can fold up and put into his book his bottomless book bag yeah or backpack or whatever it is and then he finds out uh all the things he kind of needs to know how to kill these monsters that are going to be showing up Except for uh, there's one ingredient. There's one. There's a monster called Voris, like a Dracula type deal. He's gonna have to kill Voris, but he has to make a poison. And there's one ingredient that's like ripped out, or yeah, because a lot of the books are all like beat up or just old. Well, the way they said that the book, the one book you find, which is by I think Mrs. Blackwell or Blackburn or whatever her name was, 
looks like it's been read thousands and thousands of times. So it kind of alludes that maybe somebody else or him has been through this a bunch of times. Well, obviously he did it once. Yeah. Then he, he gets prepared. He goes to the castle. The castle's pretty cool. He, or did he go to the castle or did he have to go? You know, he, that's when he had to go back to Fermona because uh, he had to get one of the ingredients was human meat. Yeah. He had to get some of her stew. And then that's when he goes and she's going to eat him or whatever. And then he turns into the giant. Yeah. Yes, yes. Threatens her. She gives him the stew and some other stuff. Then he leaves and he goes and he's a giant and he crosses with this mode of blood or whatever it is. And then as soon as he crosses, he goes back to normal and he almost dies. And, you know, he almost dies a lot of times. Goes inside. And there's a reception guy, a uh, guy at the reception desk who's really cool. He's like gross old he, what did they say he's like a wax figure almost he looks like wax like yeah and he always had anytime that he got described he always had either like a half crooked smile or like a broken smile or like you know what i mean you know he, he found different ways to describe it the same way without yeah. just saying the same thing over and over again yeah and the guy won't talk but and there's also another thing that pops up which you realize around this time is every time he goes through some horrible shit like he gets trapped for weeks or months or fights off monsters or whatever he gets like a period of just everything kind of nice and yeah. even the crab told him was like hey you're gonna go through a lot of awful awful shit but a few good things will happen yeah so like, there's some parts that you'll enjoy but mostly awful awful yeah. shit he's like great um so anyway there's not much with the reception guy he's just helping him and ben does some drinking or whatever um then it's time to retire to his room and, uh, what was it, 909 or something? Something like that, yeah. 906, I don't know. He, uh, goes upstairs, and then he, one, I forget the name of this creature, but it's nothing but mouse? Yeah, uh, demon mouth, wasn't it? Maybe. It was just those monsters just made of nothing but mouths, and then if it bites you, your wound will turn into a mouth. Yeah. And he's like, oh, fuck. And it had, like, spider legs. Yeah, and it was gross. And it does bite him, and his wound does turn into a mouth, and he's like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, and it's rotted funk coming out of its mouth it's just a very gross creature and wh- i forget how he kills that he has to he, shoot paint yeah he's he, a paintball gun that he took from formosa and like he had to drown like each mouth in paint yeah to, to, to he has to it. shoot all the mouths he, including the one on his arm and say is that how he got it to go away yeah then time? it just went away and it was just like a, a line and then he's like oh fuck and he hurries up and he runs into his hotel room and then he's like, oh, fuck. He realized another ingredient on his list is a body of the undead, which yeah. is what these creatures are called. So he has to go chop a chunk out of the dead body, which the mouth monster turned into like a regular looking dude Yeah. after uh, he killed it. So then he gets that and then he goes back into his uh, hotel room. And then I think he just like, it's like a really, really nice hotel room. And then he either, I think he falls asleep and then he wakes up to Voris. Yeah. He's the main monster, the main say, bad guy. Yeah, because he's just kind of like hanging above his bed. I think the balcony was open. Yeah. And again, there's a lot of like really cool descriptions of the scenery and stuff, things he sees and desolate wastelands and stuff. But around the hotel, it looks like beautiful California wine orchards. Yeah. It's like the most gorgeous place ever. But then uh, he wakes up to shitty Voris and Voris has these fucking evil eyes that burn into you and like. And then he had poisonous uh, talons. Yeah. And he's like a fire monster. Ah, he's fucking horrible. He scoops him up and like he's crushing. He's like burning his ribs. Yeah, because I said like I think like the the, the claws are poisonous. So like, yeah, as it's holding him, and it's weird too because like, he just takes him and he just takes off for like miles and miles, like and like up into the sky too, and then just um like drops him off in this like Sahara desert, just yeah. wasteland. And yeah, because when uh. They're flapping through the fucking sky. Voris is taking them. They go over all the orchards and stuff, and he realizes that's all just pretty much bullshit. That's not yeah. what's really out there. It's just all desolate wasteland for as far as the eye could see. He's like, no. Drops them in a plot. This is where the story gets really, like, dark and evil. Yeah. Because it's just like, when you read this whole, and this is many chapters, when you're reading this part, it's just like, holy fuck. I don't know if it was just me, but it really felt like you're there, and you're just like, oh, God, what a nightmare that would be. Because he gets stuck, Voris, uh, who doesn't speak, and he has these, what are smokers. they? Smokers. Smokers, is that what they're called? They, uh, I think there's just two of them, right? Yeah, just two of them. They're these mouthless, ghost-looking monsters with, again, I think they have burning eyes of some sort, too. And they just watch him constantly. They don't sleep or anything. And if he, uh, 
tries to escape or anything, they smother him and fill yeah. his lungs full of ash, and they're just like really, really awful. And uh, what Voris wants him to do is to build him another castle, build a fucking castle by hand. And it was like, oh no, it's very terrible. So, and he has to constantly work except for when it's time to eat and time to sleep or else yeah. these things will smother well, him. Th- as long as the sun is out, he works, yeah. I do believe. Very back-breaking labor. And then, again, there's more memories and stuff dispersed throughout, but he's digging this fucking, the foundation pretty much. Yeah. Just digging out and sand. And the wind keeps blowing yeah. and bringing the sand Very back limited in. tools, a shovel and some shit. They, there's a pickup, red pickup truck in the distance that he always wants to like think, oh, if I escape, I can yeah. get it. And I think he even tries a couple times. Because that's where all the supplies come in for yeah. each time that, you know, whenever he got, whenever Ben got grabbed up, he also was able to uh, have to keep hold of his backpack, yeah. which had the tent in it. So at least he got to keep time, his tent. Yeah, he got to keep his tent and he got to keep his bag. Mm. And like the smoker, the smokers would come in, but they would never mess with him unless if they had to like get him to come out yeah. to start working. Until well, wait before we get there, he uh because he throughout this whole thing he's always drawing this one scene he had on his phone of yes. his family. He ends up breaking his phone along the way out of anger, but because it won't turn on eventually or something. But he has this scene memorized, so he keeps drawing it. And then uh, he finds a rock, and he calls that Peter, and he tucks it in. He had a fox doll that he got from from Ramona, yeah. and he was pretending that was his daughter. So every night, like, because he ends up in this desert place on this thing for six years, just digging this foundation by himself with the smoke monsters. And he sleeps in his tent every night, and he ends up, like, because he's going crazy pretty much. He he tucks in the rock and the, uh, the fox doll. And he pretends there was kids. He even like rides them around on his back, and like pretty much they're his kids at this point. Like he just that's how he thinks they're his kids. Only thing keeping him sane. Wilson. Wilson, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he, what did he do? Did he? I just, think he just like mouthed off to the smokers like too much, like because yeah, wanted- and they burnt his tent down while he was digging. Like he watched and his backpack, all his stuff, except for the the poison for Voris, which he hid and he dug a hole well, and hid it outside, yeah. which was very smart. He, uh, the only thing was left was the rock, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, everything, the whole library, everything burnt down. All he had left was the rock, which was Peter. So, again, he was still cherishing the rock. He was like, oh, no. And then, Voris one day just dropped off another fellow, Mr. Cisco. Yeah. Cisco's a great character because he's like a 1400 Spanish explorer who hates the English yeah. and other Spain. He hates pretty much everyone. He hates the guy who uh, said they named America after. Yeah. Because Ben has to, you know, kind of catch him up to speed he's from 1400s or whatever yeah. so he has to be like hey you know because the spaniard wants to find the new world and all this stuff because the spaniard actually thinks that like this is part of earth yeah or- normal earth yeah and the spaniard is also a fellow who's on a path because he's also an explorer so yeah. he's just like he kind of almost takes the stuff a little bit more in stride almost yeah um so there's a lot of funny back and forth between those two and then obviously that guy's helping him Ah, another four years go by. So, ten years total. Um, and they have some of the castle built. And by this point, he's hiding the poison in one of the stone walls they built. And uh, him and uh, Cisco, who have to live outside now. And Cisco has his own endless bag, which is good. And, and a mat. It's like a satchel. And yeah, and a mat, which they both lay on. Uh, but and no tent. gives them, like, the kind of the dreams. Yeah, and it makes them, like, it's comfortable, I guess. So, they... They sleep on this fucking mat and stuff, and they become buddy buddy, and they have like some spoiled brandy, and they're all Cisco's kind of going crazy yeah. too. So they're both going crazy, but they learn a lot from each other. And then uh, finally, yeah, because he teaches Ben a lot of like navigating and just like how to see things, mm-hmm. which you know pay off when he's you know becomes a crab. Yeah. Um, and Ben has tried, he has one seed left by this point and he tries to smash it many times throughout the years to get something and nothing happens. So he's just trapped. Well, he's tried everything too, from hair to sand to rocks, everything he put in this poison to try it. Cause that's the glow to find the one missing ingredient that he doesn't know. Well, finally it comes to him cause he has like his dad's ring. There's a whole scene about that and like his wife's ring or something. Which the, the, the cool thing about the ring is that he used, then he used that ring to, like murder the dog face like, yeah because he was driving it like into his skull yeah 
But he tries everything, and then he finally realizes it's gold is the missing ingredient. Gold. And guess who happens to have a gold tooth? <laughs> Cisco. And by this time, Ben is all rotted up. He's disgusting. He, his teeth are all fucked up. Well, Cisco doesn't want to give up his tooth. And, and Cisco's also a little bit of like a religious man. Yeah, he's very religious. So he is more into in kind of believing in like, you yeah. know, that this might all be for something. And Cisco's like, well, if you want my tooth, I want one of your teeth. Yeah. So to speed things up, uh, he rips Cisco's tooth out. Cisco rips his tooth out. He puts they put the gold tooth in the poison, and it glows. And it glows. The fucking smoke monsters come to kill him. He slams one of the seeds down, and now it works. And it turns into a vacuum. They suck up the ghost. And there's a funny scene there too with uh, Cisco. Like yeah, he, doesn't learn know, how to, he doesn't know what a vacuum is. Yeah, he actually lets the one out. And so they do that. They kill the smoke monsters. Voris comes back. No, Voris doesn't well, come back. Well, no, they don't kill the. What they do is they trap they, them in the vacuum, and then they they bury the vacuum in sand so, because Voris sees what they see. See, yeah. So if they see the dog, he sees that it's still dark out and doesn't have to come back out. They make a break for it. They get in the fucking pickup truck and they just drive, drive. back on the path again. Finally, they get really, really far away. Ben realizes he left the rock. His son Peter, the rock, has a, a horrible breakdown. Gets over it. They find a convenience store that has a gas station. Gas is free. They break into the convenience store. Funny scene where Cisco's introduced to modern energy drinks and junk food and all that stuff. And there's also like a... Because he's like, how uh, how do we get... Yeah, and Ben just smashes the window in. Yeah, he just throws something through the window. And he's like, you want to you wanna do the other window? And he's no. like, no. And they, So they, they pack up on stuff. They fill up Cisco's satchel of things. And they, they hit the road again. Um, lots more driving. They end up at another, uh, hotel castle thing. Now, the first hotel, the outside looked like a medieval castle. The inside was super modern and nice. This hotel, the outside is super modern and nice, like a big office building, but the inside is all medieval dungeony, you know, castle looking. Same reception guy. And, well, and because there's like a cold you have to hit to get in. And while Ben's trying to figure it out, Ben t- or uh, Cisco takes something to try to smash the window. And he's like, what? it worked for the... Yeah, but it didn't work this time. And he's like, whatever. Uh, yeah, they figure the code. They go inside. Reception guy's there. And this time the guy talks, right? A little bit more. Well, because I think he talked last time. But I think this time he talks a little bit more. When the first time he didn't talk. Because I remember Ben's on the second time. Ben's like, oh, you can talk? And he's like, yeah. Well, uh, no, wasn't that the end on the train? Yeah, that is the end on the train. So the the guy doesn't talk either time. Yeah, at the hotels. That's right. They do some stuff in the hotel. They go up to fight Voris. More monsters. There's a scene with a big wall of fire, and they have to pray. But the it's a to an altar of Voris, and Cisco's like, "No, evil god, we don't pray to that." And they pray to something else. He runs through the flames. Ben ends up following. They come upon Voris. They he's in a casket, which is a very painstaking thing to open up the casket. And they literally have to like, like a coffin. And they literally have to like pry his mouth open. Yeah, they pry his mouth open, dump some of the poison, which is, you know, after ten years, is super rotted because it was human meat stew, and it was very disgusting by this point with everything else he put in it. So it's like they open the the bottle and like like they're throwing up. It's just like gross. But they pour some in his mouth. And they try to trap him and hold him down. He ends up breaking free. Spits the gross stuff in Ben's face. Is actively about to murder both of them. And then. They slam a seed down. Yeah. I guess he had two seeds left, huh? So the second seed he slams down, turns into Fermona. He's like, Fermona, eat that guy or whatever. So she eats Voris. And then he's like, hey, here's a chaser. Gives her the disgusting poison. She eats that. And he's like, oh, that's disgusting. Kills Voris. We we forgot earlier, um, when Ben was a giant, he introduced... Uh, from Ona to the cow hot dogs. The hot dogs. Yeah, it's a funny scene because he had little hot dogs, and when he got big, the hot dogs got big. Yeah, they were like uh, car sized or something. And yeah. she she really liked cow meat, and she can't eat human meat anymore. So yeah, I want cow. So they, they tell her about the grocery store. So she just takes off. She's yeah. like, All right, peace, guys. Just takes off running. Yeah, and then, and then by this point too, I think he like Ben realized or learned that uh, Ramona is a part of the path. Everything's just a part of the path. So. Yeah. They're like, she's just always been there. He tries to find an explanation. Hey, wouldn't you be happier doing, you know, not living in a mountain? With and he's like, no, this is where I always been. This is where I always oh, will be. I love yeah. it. So, the the two, uh, Cisco and, who, by this point, you love both of them. Again, yeah. like the first one with the crab and Ben. Now you're like, oh, Cisco, you don't want to see him part. They get in the truck again, and they end up uh, at a beach place. 
It's like a beach resort or a beach house. A beach yeah, house, I guess. Something like that, and There's yeah. three paths. One is just the ocean, one on the left, and then one that's just the beach house on the right. So they're like, oh, man. I think Cisco's the one. So like, we got to split up or whatever. Or they like they know what's going to happen. I think ben, ben has to say that they have to. Yeah, but they spend the night drinking beers and having a good time and stuff. And then Cisco leaves. He go. He, he, he's like, "Hey, here's how you drive a truck." And then he takes yeah, the truck. Because throughout the thing too, uh, he keeps on asking Ben if he if he could. He's like, "Can I steer this um this wagon or, yeah. or something?" And he's like, he's like no, "No, absolutely no, no, no. not." Uh, but he ends up, you know, driving away in that thing. Uh, then, uh, which I want to get to the point about what was Cisco's meeting with the producer who's this overlord yeah. apparently because throughout the whole book there's like this producer that's running the show here and that's who Ben has to see. So Ben knows what's going to happen. He's going to turn into the crab because there's like a potion right there or something. And he's like, all right, well. But he takes like a good week. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to take a vacation here. So he sits there, has all his food and stuff. He takes a week. And then uh, there's like a big storm or something start to come. And he's like, all right, I guess that means I got to go. Vacation's over. He drinks the thing. He already knows he's going to turn into crab. So Because even when he's like with Cisco, he's like, I got to drink this and I'm going to turn into a crab. It's like, what? Uh, so he turns into the crab. Which and then, they do an awesome way of describing. Yeah, the transformation of the crab is amazing. And, and then, the transformation back into a human yeah. was good, too. And then just how his adventure takes off there, he has to go in the ocean now. Yeah. And then he just, it's literally like a crab. Yeah. Like, just through the eyes of a crab with really bad vision and a lot of skittering. And what kind of, like, the, the, the extra fish pots he likes to eat. Yeah. Because it's just, like, the leftovers. It's really enjoyable, and then he ends up coming upon a boat, or he gets he gets caught by fishermen on yeah. this boat. And this book does this a lot, where all of a sudden he just ends up, whether it's through memory or dreams or something else, it's just like a different world. Well, this one is the end of the world. Yeah. He comes to, and he's still the crab, and he ends up, because they're trying to eat him, and he escapes, and everyone has this super, like, crazy technology, like these wrist things, like hologram TVs, they're all watching, but everybody's starving to death. And he's like, what the fuck? So he, he gets away from everybody, he's on the end of the boat. And then he looks up, he sees New York City, and it's on ruins. And uh, then he sees. He looks up at the sun, and then it turns super bright red, red, and then just burns out. And then everything just starts freezing. Really cool scene, and he ends up falling in the frozen water. And that's like, um, through like, uh, when they were in the desert, the night, they, they would have two moons. Yeah. And, and there was just like a whole bunch of cool, cool things like that throughout the book. Yeah, because like in the weird world he's in, like the s- celestial bodies don't make any sense. Like the universe, like. You know, uh, the star patterns are all different. The constellations are weird. Like, every, nothing. there's two full moons all the time. Everything's, like, strange. But anyway, in this uh, f- future, he pretty much sees the end of the world. And then he comes back to, and he's just a crab again. And then eventually he reaches the beach where, who does he run into? Somebody fighting a giant cricket. Yeah. It's, it's Ben. And then, and then you're like, holy shit, now another loop. I think they fast forward through that part though, right? They just kind of did like some of the highlights, like you just yeah, you go through the highlights of like the like whenever Ben's in the in the mountain prison, climbing the mountain in the mountain, you get to see what Crab was doing, like him searching for things. Like I said, this book does a really good job of uh, making sure everything has a purpose. Yeah. So all the things you that went on during Ben's journey initially uh, are revealed through the Crab when he when he goes through it. So you're like, okay, this is really cool. Now you get to see some of the stuff you didn't see before. And then you realize, oh, the crab like knew that Ben was always going to survive because he already did this. He yeah. knew everything that was going to happen. So and everything he said was almost like a script. So all that cool dialogue and funny yeah, dialogue he, was like a script. He already, he knew what he was going to say before he, he said he, it. He was in like, even wanting to say things, I find myself saying yeah. what I already said. Yeah, it was, he was pretty much on a big replay. And then again, they come up to the... Uh, the, the, fork. the fork in the road, and this time the crab gets to go left, and then uh, until you follow him, yeah. Um, wh- how does he turn back into a human? There's like um, he comes across to an area where there's like a table, and he hears a voice asking if he want, do you want to be human again? And he's like, yes, because at this point he's been a crab for a couple years too. Yeah. So like the vision is really really bad. You know, he's having trouble moving. He's about to die, and he comes to Mrs. Uh, Blackburn or Blackwell or whatever. Was it her again? Yeah, it was her again, because she's like, uh, it's kind of like the Matrix. She's like one of the main top people. Um, And he's under her table, and he's like being a crab, (laughs) being crabby. And he wants to like kill her or something. But she she ends up turning back into a human right before he dies. And there's this train he's got to get on. And he gets on the train, and that's when you get the reception guy again who talks this time. There's also a cool part where like, 
She's like, here, I have two options. Yeah, she gives him a gun. She's like, you can go on the train. It will take you to the producer. It could be 15, 15 minutes. It could be 100 years. She even told him, I think one know. guy, or no, the producer ends up telling him it was like a guy that was on the path for a million years. Yeah. He's like, or you can take this gun and you can stuff up the path. Shoot yourself. And you can shoot yourself when it's over. And like that was like a kind of cool, yeah. cool scene. And, um, you know, just more like temptation to see, you know, which he takes the gun yeah. and is like, I'm going to, I'm taking the gun, but I'm going to go on the, on the train. Just to skip through because we're almost at an hour here. Uh, he gets on the train. They uh, he ends up going through the train to the fucking head of the train. He takes over the train, and then at some point the train's flying up into the sky. And then he because they, they do another callback to whenever he was a kid and he wanted to ride these roller coasters, mm-hmm. but he was so afraid. His and dad, his, his drunk his, dad, his dad, who's mostly a shithead most of the time, actually kind of helps him get through this by telling him, like, act like. You're controlling the train, the, the, you know, or the roller coaster. coaster so, like he starts leaning into it, which mm. then he does on the train, and yeah, then he goes through the like this. What's it like a triangle that's yeah. in the sky or something? And it, like this whole book's really weird, but he ends up flying, and then he goes through like a triangle in the sky, and then he's in. Uh, what does he end up in? Is it like an office or something? And he has like no, a, it's just an all white room. Yeah, with like a receptionist again, but not the it's not the creepy guy this time. Um, but he ends up he ends up going and talking to producers just like an old timey movie producer, yeah. and then the guy gives him the option. It's like, hey man, hey baby, keeps calling him baby, hey baby. Uh, there's two doors. If you take the door on the left, you go to your regular world with your family. Everything's and, back to normal. Or if you go on the right, you are on the path again, but you control everything, and you're yeah. essentially God, and you you're can make all your dreams. Basically in heaven. Yeah, and that old life, nothing even there doesn't exist. You're just you get to do whatever you want in this door. And uh, you have your family. Everything this is pretty much paradise. And, and there's good back and forth between yeah. those two characters. Like we can't get into all of it, but there's really good. You know, just well, what if I do this or what if I like? You know what I mean? Just yeah. like the, like all the questions you would have that you yeah. have at this point. Get, you know, gets asked. You know, and, so. and remember he's really, really fucking beat up by this point. He's all old because he's like what in his fifties now he's been on that path for so long and he's all broken down i think they say he's 48 because i don't know if he had technically aged when he was a crab yeah but whatever however old he is he's very he's old um not older than when he started but he uh thinks because this path keeps tricking him this whole time yeah. so he thinks it's a fucking you know setup sure. he if he goes to the right something bad's gonna happen or if he goes to the left something bad's gonna happen because isn't there food here too because isn't that how he gets the knife yeah mm-hmm. they give him food and champagne there's always champagne yeah so he sticks a knife in his head and cups him, pretty much cuts himself in half and splits into two because yeah, the yeah, producer's he, like, you can control whatever or something. Or he, he comes to the realization like, that he controls what happens. Because like, oh, because uh, cause he's not talking to the producer. He's talking to the um, executive producer. Yeah, it's not Because even, Ben makes a mark when he gets he, on the Ben's train. Ben's like, I'm the producer. And she's like, you're getting it now. Yeah. Like, Turns out the whole time Ben was the producer that he was trying to. That, that, there's a lot going on. But he ends up splitting into old, ver- old which, gross Ben goes to the right door, which is awesome because like he starts to cut himself in half, and then he like literally is pulling and like another yeah. person out of him. It was pretty cool. Then uh, young thirty-eight-year-old Ben takes the door on the left to his old his old life, and remember he's the producer now. But he ends up going back to his normal family. Yeah, he comes back. He's on the fucking trail. Goes to the shitty hotel. Calls his wife. And he's like misses her, so he just says fuck this office yeah. meeting or whatever. Goes back to his house. Yeah, because the no no two before he before he goes back to his life, the the other producer is like, you can go back, but you can never you can't ever speak a word of this. You can't write it down. That you'll die immediately. The instant you even think about it, you die. So so that's like another thing. Like, how do you go back to that life? You have to act like it never happened. And you just have all this inside of you that you can't ever tell anybody about. Well, this whole story wraps up so cool because he goes back to his wife and he sees his kids. And, uh, you know, obviously he's overcome with emotion and stuff. But he sees his wife and she sees the look in his eyes. And then he remembers when that night she came home from what he thought was work. Yeah. When... She said uh, she couldn't tell him what happened. It would kill her. Yeah. And then, you know, he also remembered that she killed people. Yeah. He realized 
she was on the path. That's and, what happened to and her. And all those things that she learned yeah. were were after she came back yeah. and helped teach Ben, not knowing that that was going to happen. That's why she was but... into jujitsu and painting and all this stuff is because that's what she was on the path. That's what happened. Which I would so just, I would buy another, this exact same book. With her story? With her story. And then just like if you need some room at the end, throw Cisco's yeah. in there too because like... Well, I want to be- touch on that in a second. But... Then what Ben ends up doing is like, you know, they look at each other and she realizes they don't have to say anything because they can't. They'll die. He realizes she was on the path. She realizes he just got off the path. So obviously there's a that's how it ends. And there's like a connection. Um, You said Cisco. Because Cisco, we brought up, you know, he's super religious, 1400s Catholic. What do you think when he gets to see, like, the executive producer? Like, I don't know what choice he would make because I don't know what he... Because he or believes what, or, God. He believes or, this is still Earth. Or what he would even see. Yeah. And you then, know what I mean? Because that could be completely different. But they did do a cool nod because on the way on his way home, he sees, a, 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 like, an exit sign for a Cisco, whatever. Yeah. And a Fermona road. Yeah. And, like, all the things uh, that he encountered were... Street signs and stuff. Yeah, but Cisco, I don't. But again, not everybody makes it off the path. Yeah, a lot of people. The way they die. made it, the way they made it seem like is that a lot of people don't make yeah. it off the path. Well, because like, even Fermona's like all those dead bodies that he walked through, Didn't and like and like all those, those crazy people, people, they came off the path. Yeah. So that's just that also opens up another question. Like, how often does this happen? Yeah. How like? Well, if you have all of human history, like he said. Like the executive producer told Ben, there was a uh, like, one person who was on the path for a million years. He's like, you're thinking too small. Yeah. Oh, like when it comes to like the scope of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because Ben's journey, which was over ten years, was actually on the shorter side of the path. Well, no, the ten years was just him on the in the desert. Yeah, so it's closer to like fifteen, twenty years. Yeah, probably. He, he was there for a long time. They were like, oh, you're kind of making good time. Yeah, especially if somebody was there for a million years. Yeah. Like, holy shit. So you don't know how long Cisco's. You don't know if Cisco ever made it, but say Cisco did, his decision would be very interesting. And again, if it's the path is tailored to the people, then maybe they wouldn't be an executive because, movie producer style because, guy. Probably uh, wouldn't even be called the producer yeah, because um, uh, a cool thing was like when he was having that conversation with the producer, he's basically telling Ben like, "All oh, this is fake. All oh, this is made up." And he's like, well, "What? What about Cisco?" And he's like. That was just like a weird, like o- yeah. o- overlap kind of thing. Yeah, that was really cool though. As far as the writing style on this book, I really enjoyed it because I saw some people say it was very basic, and I was like, "Ooh, that was before I read it." I didn't find it basic at all. I wouldn't say basic, but I would definitely say like other authors would like this book would be twice the size that it was. Yeah, just like like the whole. Changing into a crab would would have just been a chapter mm. itself, like you know what I mean. And like, what you what you were talking about earlier, th- I think that the these like because a chapter wasn't any more than like ten fifteen pages. No, and and like you know they're smaller pages, so it always moved quick. It always had a purpose. Well, I think this book's over three hundred pages, and I maybe no. read it in two or three days. Just under, it's like two seventy eight. Yeah. But I I read it very fast. Yeah, yeah. Cause you read a chapter, it would take like five ten minutes maybe. Depending. Because because like, could you imagine like uh, like you know like we always talk about like you know you're never gonna find a bigger Stephen King guy than me. But could yeah. you imagine Stephen King trying to tell this story? It'd be over a thousand pages. Yeah, it'd be way too long. You think with how short it is for the story that spans such a ridiculous length. You think, uh, like, oh, if it's that short, there's no descriptions, really. No, he did a very good job yep. of describing things yeah. in, d- in very good details. He just yeah, he only go- used a couple words that were... He, he used the words that were most needed. He didn't go overboard. He um, was to the point. I think a lot of authors could learn a lot about writing effective style and engaging uh, story structures from reading this book. Again, like we were saying, like, everything in the... In the story had a purpose. It's almost like not every word, mm. but like it was like the things that are meant to be in here are meant to be in here. There's no, there's no fat yeah. on there. You know what I mean? It's very trim, like. What I thought was very incredible was the fact that the pacing was very well done and it was very straightforward and it, everything continued 
yet huge parts of the story were like dragging on and on and on yet the pace didn't slow down no. something like he's 10 years of one spot well, yet the pace never slowed down because like you know he would like within one chapter he jumped like six years and then like another four years because yeah. there was nothing to he ben was working yeah that's that, all you that, got that's all you need to know ben was tirelessly working whereas and, stephen king would want to really break down how yeah. grueling the work was drew mcgarry managed to do that in like one chapter but, like that was all that was needed to really show how hard and then the rest you can just and like how many, over. how many times do we say when we talk about either uh any kind whatever form our fiction takes and be like i think i know where this is going i think this is gonna happen no not one thing in this book no, happened the way i thought it was gonna happen no clue because like no way would i ever i stop i would have thought whenever ben and crab separated, and that bomb shirt got stru- got dropped. I would never have thought that the next thing would have been in a desert for ten years. No, making a making a castle for like a Voldemort kind of you know you know monster thing. You know. Well, I didn't even put the connection that the crab was Ben until until he, until he told. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that like, until he said it. Even because he gives clues, but. They were so, like, just vague enough even, you didn't even, realize. Even the crab has a scar on yeah. his face where Ben has a scar on his face from when the dog attacked him. Uh, we glossed over that, but uh, he got attacked by a dog when he was a kid. Which, uh, that brought up to your point about the memories where we talked about that off air. The memories in this story, a lot of them were played, like, how Ben wished they would have happened. And, and then, then it shows how they really happened. happened. So one thing, he's out with his buddy when he was a kid, and they're fucking blowing shit up and being stupid. Drinking a little bit. Yeah, they come upon this crazy dog that his friend rouse up, and then they get away from the dog, they go play games, and they have a fun time. But the real ending is actually Ben got mauled by the dog, and yeah. fucking gave him like 70 stitches to the face, and his fucking life changed forever. Nobody wanted to talk to him. Yeah, his friend was kicked out of whatever, I don't know. But anyway, the... Uh, We're definitely not covering enough of it. No. You did, even if you've never read this and you heard us talk about this completely thing, read it because it's complete. And you get a completely there's different so much, feel. Yeah, there's so much more. And like, how did you feel when you first started? Like the first up till the dog faces, even like up right before the campfire scene, it really came off as just like, oh, is this gonna be like a horror book yeah. or because uh, it was funny. But then they're like with that, it was pretty horrible with the fucking dog faces and stuff. And, and you know what? Because whenever like before we started, when I was trying to look up some other stuff that he did or just some things, just in case if we needed something to talk about, and the book is like is uh, like fantasy. Yeah, is, is in the fantasy category, which makes sense after reading it. But as I was reading it, I never felt like I was reading a fantasy novel. You know what this book really reminded me of? If you take away all the religious themes of the movie, I'm about to say, if you took away all the religious themes and stuff, what dreams may come with Robin Williams? Oh, yeah. Where he goes, he has to go to hell to get his wife, and then he's on this adventure, and he's going through all these fucking crazy worlds and all this fucking wild shit. It's a lot of weird, it's like, that mixed with, like, Wizard of the Oz mixed with, you know, a whole bunch of things you could throw in there. And it was, you know what? It was just a lot of fun, even though so much awful shit happened. And it was very imaginative. And I would definitely read, like, I know we were talking about, like, how good it is at this size, but I would definitely read, like, a writer's cut. Yeah. Of, especially if it explored more of that universe. Mm. Storming out there. Yeah. Maybe it won't be so hot, but I think it'd just be hotter. Lightning. But it gets everything on fire. Uh, the dialogue in this, though, which we touched on, was so good. Oh, yeah. Like, whether it was with Fermona, who's hilarious. I know that's whenever I would really, like, burn through, like, a chapter if there was, like... A lot of talk. Yeah, you go so, through so ben, fast. Ben and Crab or uh, Ben and Cisco, like, those... Very natural. Yeah, even with the Cisco character, who was, a, you know, 1400s explorer, he has that kind of way of speaking. It was still so well done. Every character interaction was original. So he didn't have bleed over like the way he talked to Crab, which was himself. Did not that's not how he talked to Cisco, which wasn't how he talked to Fermona, which wasn't how he talked to the producer or the executive producer. Like everybody had their own way of speaking. I, I as I was reading this, I was just so desperately. I just wanted to get have a, like 
get adapted into like a graphic novel. Yeah, that'd be awesome this to see it. Would, yeah, because like you know, I say like a movie or a show that'd be kind of cool too. But I think the graphic novel mm. would be the perfect. Like when he's walking through the body parts, you could just show his face with his eyes closed yeah. and have panels where it's just like different noises, like splat, splunk, mm. like. And then finally, when he's climbing up the mountain, looks back and you see. Yeah, it was just you know, just the you know the smokers and all the different creatures Monsters, yeah. and just the landscapes of everything and the dog face, you yeah. know, there's just I think that would be that. Somebody... Which is this? What this book also did very well was make you want to explore the unexplorable. Yeah, it made you want to get off the path and see what the fuck is out there, but you can't ever get off the path. Or like, and it also was just like, I don't know. Did you ever get also freaked out reading this? Like. Like obviously, this is thing could never ever happen. Yeah. But like, like what if it happened to you? Like, would you? Would you? Do you think you could stay on the path? It would be hard. See, the you'd want to know the answers, but when you get stuck digging digging a ditch for ten years, like fuck, that would suck. Build a castle by hand. You're the only guy like ugh, for six years, and then another guy comes who you have nothing in common with because he's from yeah. the fourteen hundreds. Um, to end this, is there anything about the in the book or about the book you didn't like? I, no. I really thought I there was going to be so. stuff I didn't like or – because I'm a very literary guy too. Yeah. So I didn't think this – I thought it would be kind of just a fun fluff read. But it definitely had enough deeper things in it that, that caught my interest too, yeah. like with the family. And it wasn't just like fun wild story. There was a lot in it. I don't think there was anything I didn't like. Uh, and just the way he – like you said with the family stuff or just different aspects, like he did a good job of like giving you enough – but not too much, mm. or not enough. Like you know what I mean. Like the family was nothing like, was overwritten either. Yeah, like, like the family wasn't like all constant. Like okay, I get it. You want to see mm. your family. They just they, he would find his spots for things, yeah. and they all worked out really well. Yeah, because there's so much of the story that could have been really boring, like the crab going under the fucking ocean for however yeah. long. Nope. Or obviously the desert scene, or him trapped in a shitty dungeon for weeks and weeks and weeks. Or months, or he don't even know how long. Like, there's so many scenes that could have just been super boring. Especially since most of the places he went to were deserted. And he was by himself. Yeah. Like, all the way up to the beach place. Even like, when he was with Krabby, he was by himself. Yeah. Just himself. That's actually very sad. <laughs> the only actual companion he had was Cisco. That was the only yeah. guy from that wasn't made up. Yeah. Because everyone else was just made up. They're not real. Or are they? Again, you don't know. Ah, we'll leave you folks with that. If you want to check out our stuff on DPW, go to drunkenpenwriting.com. we got a bunch of stuff. Uh, I didn't mean for this episode to be so long, but like the book, you just have yeah. to break it down. So is this just a, a what, never bookcast mind. episode? Okay. Bookcast. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter at drunkpenwriting, Instagram, drunkenpenwriting, Facebook, same. Yeah, that's all I got, man. How about you, Ash? Yeah, guys, I really liked it. I, I was on the podcast this whole time. You guys are so cool and awesome. You guys are like the nicest. You have such great beards. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking just disappeared. Finally got this piece of shit computer working and then his dies. Uh